good. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you here up until, well, just before noon. Mitch Holtis, bottom of the hour, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Off to Chicago, we shall go. He's David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Cap, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, Capper. How are you? Sup, boys? And you're going to have my guy Holtis on. We do basketball together. I love that dude. He calls you your the warm-up act when he joins <laughs> us at 1130. Uh, uh, you know what? He just made the list. Yeah, good. <laughs> Take that, right? Touchdown, Kansas City. I love that guy. You know, he's a good man. Uh, Brennan Davis, Cap, let's start there. We'll, uh, we'll give the Cubs a little, throw them a little bone. It's been a while since we started with the Cubs. We do well, an awful lot of them, obviously, when they're in the hunt. But uh, did that get the juices flowing watching the number one prospect in the system in his first two AAA at-bats deposit? It one uh, over the fence in left field uh, in Omaha yeah, was, last night? Yeah, it's already today. People are texting me, tweeting it. Hey, man, why don't you just bring him up for the last 15 or 18 games left of the regular season and let him get a taste up here? I'm like, settle down. He has two home runs in AAA. <laughs> Let's just not be stupid here and go crazy. I thought it was awesome. It gets my juices flowing that they may have finally – hit on a really good prospect. I think he's up to number 15 on one of the lists that I was looking at today. So, again, is he Bryce Harper? Is he Alex Rodriguez? I'm trying to think of the, like, amazing Hall of Fame talents that have risen up over the last years. Is he Shohei Otani? No. He's a really nice player. Let's just let him develop, play a spot in the outfield, and see where it goes. Cap, let's get to the White Sox as they spin their wheels. Nothing really to play for. I know they're still fighting to get home field in the first round, and that's important against the Astros. But you know, as this season goes on, as this just continues, it feels like we've been having this conversation now for a month and a half. You now, what can they do the final two weeks here to to try to get some juice into there? I guess it's just make sure you're healthy, but you're also sharp. That you're at a razor sharp edge. Like the other night, I thought it was a huge step. Carlos Rodon looked good. And then Lance Lynn, outstanding start. Giolito's back. Timmy Anderson's getting on the field, and they're going to play him like every other day, which I think is smart. Here's where anybody that denigrated the hire of Tony LaRusso already has to shelve that because he's done an amazing job with a banged-up team all year, and here they are. You know, running away in the division, and they have a legitimate chance to make a run in the postseason. That's one. Two, if you're a Cardinal fan, you know Tony had your team ready to go every time in the postseason. Doesn't mean you're going to win every year, but that guy knows how to get teams ready for the postseason push, and that's what he's doing, and I think it's a huge advantage to have Tony LaRussa 
in that dugout. Yeah, speaking of those Cardinals, wake up this morning, Cap. I don't remind you, I'm sure Cardinal fans have, uh, that they're in the playoffs if it were to start today, which they don't, but still pretty good run for the Cardinals to get back into. I know you don't care. Uh, and it, Does it bother you, though? Uh, it always bothers me. I hope that organization never wins another game unless I need them to help my team get in the playoffs. Who, did, who do they play right now? Uh, the Mets are playing the Mets. They've got the uh, the Padres coming up. Oh, go Mets, go Padres, <laughs> go! I don't care if they're playing a junior high in Pocatello, Idaho. Whoever they play, I hope beats them into the dirt. Where does the long seated hatred come from? Outside of the Cubs being terrible and the Cardinals being good, where is there a moment? Is there something that just took this rivalry to the level that we can hear certainly in your voice? Yes, because they used to beat our you-know-what every year. They were at the top of the division, and my dead-in-the-water club, more often than not, was way up the track, and we were a laughing stock, an embarrassment. And it was like, all right, we finally are going to beat them today. Oh, they got first and second, nobody out to try and tie the game. Well, anybody in their right mind is going to bunt, but they're not going to get a bunk down with Albert Poole. He just bunted. Oh, my God. Uh Scott Rowland just made an amazing play. Like, whatever they had to do, hit behind a runner, make the throw to the cutoff man, we'd screw up and they'd do it right. And I despise that. I have, I've said it a million times on St. Louis radio when they have me on. I'm like the go-to guest anytime the Cubs and Cardinals play because I make everyone laugh because I despise the Cardinals. But I also have tremendous respect for the quality of their organization. But do I root for them? Hell no. <laughs> no, no, that, that's pretty apparent. Cap the Bears, let's go to Sunday night football. Now, uh, Dalton was Dalton, uh, but you did see Fields. He got in a little bit, threw a couple of passes, scored his first touchdown, running around the right side there. Um, what does that do to the Bears fan base? Does that get him even more worked up that, you know, he was in there, he was, I guess, kind of effective when he was in there? Does that leave them wanting more and pulling their hair out as to why they're not going to see him starting or does that appease them at all uh it doesn't appease them at all it frustrates them you know it's i mean i'm not gonna get you know graphic here on the radio but it's like wow you think your evening's heading in a particular direction stop sign goes it's like wait a minute matt what are we doing here we're gonna have him come in to hand off and end around a marquise goodwin for one play and then he comes out oh, he's going to throw a pass on his first possession, and it's going to get down to the two-yard line. We're going to take him out again. Let me ask you a question. Now, I didn't play in the NFL, neither I don't believe did the two of you. Who's more dangerous first and goal at the two? Justin Fields, who can run, who can throw, who's elusive, or Andy Dalton, who's a statue? I would think the correct answer is, ding, 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 Justin Fields. Instead... He gets you to the two, you take him out, you put Andy back in, different cadence, Cole Komet jumps. Now it's first and goal at the seven, they try a run. Next thing you know, Andy Dalton gets a pass tip, intercepted. I don't understand what Andy Dalton gives you right now today. I'm not talking about his knowledge, his lengthy career. What does he do right now today, Matt, that Justin Fields can't do? He was asked that question yesterday, and he said, I'm not going to compare the two. 
Hmm. Yeah, because the answer is nothing. Right. Zippo. You couple that with an offensive coach in Nike, and I saw a route tree for Allen Robinson, a very good downfield threat, a big receiver that can go up and make plays, and he's just running slants and ins and outs and nothing down the field. What in God's name was that offensive game plan? What what was the theory there? Allen Robinson was a decoy? Was that the thought? Because I can't understand it looking at his route tree. So they attempted one pass over 10 yards. Andy Dalton was the guy that threw it, and it was incomplete. They attempted zero passes over 20 yards. I said on postgame on Sunday night with Olin Krutz, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, and Coach Dave Watts that I don't care if you threw it 90 yards down the field and into the stand. Just please make them think there's an inkling of a chance, remote as it might be, that you're going to take a shot down the field. Otherwise, they're going to pinch everything in in the middle and go, they ain't going to try and go downtown, even though they've got Marquise Goodwin, Olympic speed. He was trying out for the Olympic team. Darnell Mooney, who's almost as fast. I mean, I, I have no idea what we're doing there. It makes zero sense to me what the game plan is. And I don't know if you guys follow Dan Wiederer on Twitter. He's a beat writer for the Tribune. Great dude. Awesome follow. After every game, he writes his stories, and then he tweets, okay, you know the drill, three words to describe what you saw tonight. Did you see what Alan Robinson's agent tweeted? No, what did he say? Yeah, he's a good follow, too. <laughs> At B.D. Parker. It's Brandon Parker. He represents Alan Robinson and a bunch of other dudes. Three-word tweet back to Dan Wiederer. He retweets it with his comment. 16 more games. <laughs> yeah, wow. He sounds like he's looking forward to getting out of town. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I saw Marquis Goodwin's um, his comments about like, like the ball's just not going to get down the field. They they know that, that Dalton doesn't have that in his repertoire or they won't allow him to make that. I mean, Goodwin's already frustrated, Cap. Yeah, Dalton, from what we were sold by the – Signing and what other people in the league have said. The dude can, is pretty accurate as a deep ball threat. And if he can't throw the deep ball, if that's what we're being told, that Andy Dalton can't throw the deep ball, then can you please explain to me what we're doing, why he's playing? If I'm giving you 10 minutes, see, I go back to this, guys, which makes no sense to me. I just, I just call it as I see it, and the Bears don't want to hear it. I've asked the question. I can't get an answer. So a year ago, we're in the pandemic, and the Bears decide they got to get a veteran quarterback to push Mitchell Trubisky. This was in the spring free agency 2020. They trade a fourth-round pick, and they guarantee $24 million to Nick Foles. Well, Andy Dalton was going to be released by the Cincinnati Bengals, and your current offensive (laughs) coordinator at the time, and he's still there now, Bill Lazor, was his offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. He signed a one-year deal for $3 million with the Dallas Cowboys plus incentives. So explain to me why you gave up a fourth-round pick, that's pretty high capital, and you guaranteed $24 million to Nick Foles. You could have had Andy Dalton for $3 million. You elected not to, even though his OC is on your staff, which maybe I'm an idiot. But he, yeah, I guarantee you they had the meeting in the conference room and said, okay, here's the options. What do you think, Andy Dalton? The answer was not we should sign him. 
because they gave all that up to get Nick Foles, and now this year you gave him $10 million when he was lousy in Dallas? Does that any of that make sense to you? There's a lot of things that don't make sense with this organization. Another thing that was a concern coming into the year was the defensive backfield short of Jalen Johnson, and it showed up in a big way on Sunday night against the Rams. A couple of big plays down the field. That's not something you can fix in a year, is it? Um, so Tayshawn Gibson, who I have a lot of respect for, he's had a good career, but he's a very honest dude. We played the audio today. You guys can find it online and you can play it. They asked him about how does Van Jefferson, A, get as open as he was, like a blown coverage, and then he falls down because he stretched out for the pass. Gets you up. guys are literally like yeah. right there, yep. and neither of you touch him. Right. This is not college. You are not rookies. Lance Briggs said on Sunday, yeah, my first or second week in the NFL, a dude fell down and I just looked at him because in college, if you fall down, you're down. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be touched. In the pros, you can get back up and run. And he said, it took me a minute. I'm like, oh, wait, in the pros, I have to touch him. He goes, and I never made that mistake again in my, whatever, 13, 12-year career. Tayshaun Gibson is not a rookie, far from it, nor is Eddie Jackson, far from it. How that happens, I don't know. But they swore yesterday, Tayshaun Gibson, that's on us. It will never happen again. If there was a positive cap uh, in a night that there wasn't a lot of them, maybe David Montgomery's running. He went around that, uh, what did he pick up, 40-45 on one carry, finished with over 100 yards on the night. Uh, one of the few positives, the Iowa State running back, David Montgomery? He looks like he has. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said to you guys, I remember exactly what I said. The people at Hallis Hall told me he was so committed to how he trained in the offseason. He felt he needed to get to another gear in terms of speed. I think on that 41-yard run, you saw that. He broke a couple tackles. He made a really good cut. He got some great blocking. And then I'm like, whoa, that dude's running way faster than he's run in a Bears uniform. <laughs> and how many times did David, even with when he dislocated his finger, he came back in. He gets hit. He keeps going. He had one. They trapped him behind the line, loss of four. He broke the tackle, and he was able to dive to turn it into a gain of three. David Montgomery is a special running back, a really wonderful person, and they are blessed to have him. Mustafer, white hair, James Daniels, they got to go through the Aaron Donald experience. <laughs> That'll be a little bit better, but offensive line still in, the, in a state of flux with the injury to Borum. Where are they up front? I thought the interior of the offensive line actually played a pretty good football game. Uh, the only guy on that line, and I, Olin Cruz broke it down on tape for us, the only guy on that line that can even remotely think about going one-on-one with Aaron Donald is James Daniels, the Iowa product. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of plays where we highlighted on the post game. You can go back and watch the All-22s up now. James Daniels, immediately comes off the line, gets up under the pads of Aaron Donald, and he neutralizes him. Now, Aaron Donald's not going to be kept quiet all night long. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the sport for a reason. But when you decide that you are going down fourth down, which I thought some of those were asinine decisions, but if you're going to do that, you remember Matt's comments, Matt Nagy's comments in the post game. Well, Aaron made a play, and that's what he's going to do, and it blew up our fourth down and 
15 or whatever it was late in the game, go back and watch who they had blocking Aaron Donald. It wasn't James Daniels. It was Cody Whitehair, and he just got destroyed. And Cody's a good football player. Gone to the Pro Bowl before. Aaron's a beast. The only guy, if you're going to do that, and you're going to run that play, and you're worried about Aaron Donald, A, how are you not doubling if you're having Cody block him? Why are you not chipping with a back, bringing a tight end over, a wide receiver, whatever it is, do all you can. Or if you're going to go one-on-one because of the setup of the play, then it's got to be James Daniels. He's your best offensive lineman. That guy's healthy. He's a pro bowler. So I don't know what they're doing up there uh, offensive line-wise. Good stuff, Cap. Appreciate you coming on. We will catch up with you uh, next Wednesday. I'm off to Vegas this weekend, Cap. Are you jealous? I am very jealous. I would like to go with you, but someday we will get to do that. And make sure you tell Holtis that was dinner. He's the after-dinner drink. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And it was. Good stuff. Cap, we'll talk to you in a week. Thanks, pal. You're the best. See you. See you, buddy. David Kaplan. Uh, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, he does the, as soon as the game's over, if you want more Bears coverage, they do a post-game show on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Kruitz, who else did he say? One of the former linebackers, I think. It's a good crew. It is. I was not ready for that Sunday night, though. Instead, after that, I rewatched the Iowa State game. Is that what you did? I I didn't want to have the Yankees and Mets. I didn't want to relive the Bears. Yeah. After that performance. Well, maybe this week after they beat Cincy. They will beat Cincy? No. Will they not beat Cincy? Well, probably not. Uh, they got 0-3. Because Cleveland's right. coming up next. Uh-huh. Staring them right in the face. Mm-hmm. They don't get it done here. And then the Justin Fields era begins against the Lions. At home, correct? At home. All right. We shall see. We will hear from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holtis is next. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Trent's coming off a really good day of baseball. Got another baseball opportunities, I'm assuming. Well, you know what? Stick around. About a half an hour, we'll hear Trent's plays of the day. Miller and Condon are with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.1 for podcasting. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on com. a piece of cheese by a hungry Saudi? No way, what a stroke. He tried to come inside. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Well, as Cappy said, there's the uh, the main course. Now let's get to what he say, the after-dinner drink. Yep. Oh, he's more than that. He's Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hello, Mitch. How are you? Kaplan called me the af- after dinner. That's he what did, he did. Yeah. He just did it. Yep. Tried did to talk him out of it. Warm up band. That's what we told him. Yeah, and I think yeah, that was the response. Garage. He's the garage uh, <laughs> warm up band. Like, yeah, this guy's not bad. Uh, but yeah, he's the hey. He's, that's not bad. So I'm the, <laughs> the after dinner drink for Kaplan. He's been the one drinking after this Cubs season. So. <laughs> 
Uh, he would know. And the Bears in their start as well. Well, let's talk about the team that you cover. That was a fun football game, Mitch. It was back and forth. It was two playoff-bound teams. You'd certainly think that you know we there's a potential we're going to see this game again. A slow start mm-hmm. for the Chiefs, but that's um, it's the way you finish, right? Yeah, and very similar to a, a lot of games over the last two years. Uh, Cleveland's good. I mean, if you go back and listen to our segment a week ago, I think we've kind of prophesied it. They're they're for real, and they're going to be in this thing. And you prophesying that they'll be in their in January football, I agree with. But they're a team that relies on scheme. They're very much like the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. Scheme was outstanding by Kevin Stefanski, and Baker Mayfield was good in executing that scheme. But in my 28 years of being in this league and just getting started learning every day, scheme gets you to third base. You have to make plays down the stretch to win. And the Chiefs were able to do that on both sides of the ball. It was very similar to Super Bowl 54. Super Bowl 54 offensive line. First debut here that we've seen out of this squad. Rough, I think I saw three sacks, three hits, nine hurries overall. Certainly wasn't hitting yep. the ground running here up front with that offensive line. No, but there's two, there's two discussions here, Trent. Uh, one, we need to talk about the interior guys. Uh, and it wasn't perfect, but you're starting three rookies. Yeah. I mean, you're asking these guys to take Calc 3 before they take college algebra, and then you're wanting them to ace the test. Now, where they did a really good job was picking up the middle blitzes. There were some plays where uh, Cleveland had some intricate defensive stuff called up in the A and B gaps, and those young guys picked them up. And Mahomes has worked on stepping up into the pocket. It allowed him to get some big plays, 22 yards to Tyree Kill, 14 yards to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because he trusted his inside defense against blitzes. The issue became on the edges. Now the question becomes, was that you've got Miles Garrett, who played awesome, or Jadavion Clowney that looked like the Clowney of old, uh, or was it more Orlando Brown Jr. and Lucas Niang? It's going to be an issue. Brown Jr. hasn't played that many snaps at left Mm -hmm. tackle. And a right tackle, Niang, is, it's his first snaps he's ever played in the NFL. So this is going to be a discussion week to week and see how they progress. Speaking of discussion, Mitch, and I don't know what you were doing on Monday night. I hope you had some time to sit in front of your TV, and if so, watch or listen, I think more importantly, to Peyton and Eli and Travis Kelsey uh, go back and forth Was that when the game was unfolding on that alternate uh, uh, version of the, of the game broadcast, if you will. I thought it was elite listening to Kelsey talk about his quarterback and the chemistry that they have. Did you happen to hear it? I did not. We have our Chiefs Kingdom show on Monday night, so I had uh, I had Mahomes uh, as a, and Andy Reid as a guest, That's and then I good. wanted to watch that game. And so when I got home, it was halftime, and then I stayed on the traditional site. I did flip over there a little bit, saw Kels on there, but I'm like, okay, I got to go back to the other. I don't know why I didn't. I guess I was just too old school. But I heard great things about it. Uh, but honestly, in my interview that I had with Mahomes uh, before that game, uh, he was talking about that nuance. Uh, sixth sense that they've got. Yeah. Uh, there's just it, it's very rare. Uh, we saw it with Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning, uh, and it's it's just unique. And the fact that and, and to me it's the it's the crux of the game this week against the Ravens is the Ravens blitz so often they blitz more than any team in the league and have for four years. But teams quit blitzing Mahomes. He had the best quarterback rating against the blitz last year of any quarterback in six years. Hmm. So what what does Cleveland do? They play back. They play back. Well, who's killing him? Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. They're like, okay, we can't, we can't just let him kill us. So let's. Oh, and then a seventy-five-yard touchdown pass to Tyree Kill. 
against a single high safety who had just come out of the locker room with cramps because Kelsey was beating the underneath stuff in the soft coverage. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it really is very unique. But, uh, yeah, Mahomes and Kelsey's sixth sense is rare. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, zero explosive plays from pro football focus, zero rushing first down, stuffed at the line 16% of the time. Takeaway here in year two, no, he was banged up here this preseason. Does that have something to do with the, the rough start for him? No. I think it was more the Cleveland defense. Yeah. They did an excellent job in the run game. Uh, the Chiefs in the third quarter probably flipped the game to set up the dramatics of the fourth quarter by being patient and running the ball. Their longest run was nine yards in the whole game, and yet they had the ball for 24 snaps to three over Cleveland when the Chiefs defensively were trying to figure out how to stop the Browns' scheme. So I see it differently here. I see it as it, any week he can pop out and go for a buck fifty. Uh, and he comes up with the play that I mentioned earlier that he doesn't get credit for in that pro football focus breakdown of his rushing game is the 14-yard play uh, on the scoring drive that gets him within two when the Browns blitzed. And so he made him. I, I had no issue with him. If there was an issue with Clyde, it would have been the two times he had to blick up, pick up the pressure, and he struggled doing that uh, because he's going to have to help those outside guys depending on the, uh, the uh, protection calls. Uh, Mitch, admittedly, Giants and Broncos were on at the same time, so that was my primary focus. But when I was over on your oh, game, yeah. uh, good game, it was a good game. Uh, good to, for, to nice to see Teddy Bridgewater. But it was also, I guess, if you're oh, yeah. a Chiefs fan, it was good to see Jones, uh, man, just abusing offensive linemen for his sacks. It, it I, I almost felt bad. Uh, the guy that was asked to block Chris Jones uh, when when he was just bound and determined uh, to get to Baker Mayfield. Those were ugly. Well, it goes back to the Super Bowl 54 analogy I gave in that the scheme got the 49ers to third base, but they couldn't finish it in the same way with the Browns. Now, the big plays were late in Chris Jones, and he told me after the game, uh, he said, hey, they were just play pass in every time, like play pass, play pass. He goes, I'm just kind of going to guess here that this is going to be a play pass. And instead of like hesitating, who was it a run? He's like, forget that. And he just boot and Jack Conklin's a good tackle. I mean, he abused that cat. Mm-hmm. And then to go and then and so it goes back to my original point on the Baker Mayfield stuff. Second and sixteen for the Browns is way different than six second and sixteen for the Chiefs. You get second and sixteen on the Browns, they're like, oh man, we've got to scheme three per, two perfect plays. And so that sack was enormous. Then they had a false start on the next drive, very similar to Super Bowl fifty four, and now they're they're behind the chains again. And some teams just can't overcome being behind the chains. But Chris Jones got it started with that sack and then preventing a score at the end of the half of the first half with a sack. And it's not just sacks with him. He did a bunch of – he set up the uh, the play where the interception happened uh, to seal the game because he occupies a guy by making a move inside that allowed Dirty Dan Sorensen to get an inside blitz that got the – you know, could grab the chicken leg of, of Mayfield so he couldn't step through the throw and he underthrows it and it's picked. So it's not just the stuff that we saw. It's kind of the stuff we didn't see uh, that you've got to study that Chris Jones affected that game. It certainly did. Well, let's uh, let's look forward to Baltimore Sunday night football. Of course, NBC Baltimore coming off a Monday night loss, overtime loss uh, to the Raiders. Uh, this game had so much hype when Baltimore hosted Kansas City last year, Mitch. Monday night football early in the season. If memory serves, it might have been rainy or misty or something. Uh, but regardless of the weather, it wasn't much of a football game. And, and a lot of folks thought it was going to be an, an opportunity for Baltimore 
Baltimore to you know prove last year was shouldn't have happened. Well, it should have happened in nineteen. It did happen in twenty. What's going to happen in twenty one? Well, the Ravens are a quick quick study here. I mean, they got thirteen guys on IR. The top three running backs are gone for the year. Marcus Peters is out for the year. L.J. Ford, the former Northern Iowa Panther from Waynesville, Missouri, is out for the year. And like, what what what's going on here? So defensively, I kind of alluded to you, what will the Ravens do? Are they going to blitz Mahomes? People quit blitzing Mahomes. And if they do blitz him, uh, your, your chances of getting roasted are high. So it's the risk-reward is more risk than reward uh, in blitzing him. But it's what the Ravens do. It's like a team that fast breaks and presses all day. Well, you really can't do it. I mean, and you lose by 20. Well, that's what we do. It's what we're going to do. So I don't know what the Ravens will do there. On the other side of the ball, they now have become so Lamar Jackson-centric in the run game, especially with the injuries. I don't know how this is going to work. If he continues at the running pace he did against the Raiders, he will run the ball 204 times this year. I don't think he'll make Thanksgiving if that's the case. Mm. They've got to figure something else out, and, and, and more than just Mark Andrews on play-action seam passes to the tight end. They've got to get something else in their weaponry. So, Mitch, I settled into the vehicle, making my way back home from Sioux City last weekend and got to hear your call uh, through basically into the third quarter. Working with Dana Hughes now for the second year. Last year, you guys weren't able to go on the road. Very difficult, I'm sure, with a new broadcast partner. Take us into year number two, working with Dana, the former Hawkeye, had the beautiful snow angel in the end zone against Minnesota, getting Hayden his 100th <laughs> win. Uh, how it is uh, working with him, though, year two, and how different it is here in this second year? Well, first of all, it makes the drive go fast, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Secondly, would be he's just mad because he didn't get single-digit numbers, or he would have, well, no, he wouldn't have had three, which is what he wore at Iowa, because uh, that's retired because of Jan Stenerud. But anyway, uh, he's been great to answer your question, and he sees the game in all three phases. You know, he was a great special teams contributor in his six years in the league. He played offense, but he understands defenses. And so he can hit you from all three ways. He's got great insight. He prepares. A lot of guys don't prepare. He prepares. But then as the game unfolds, uh, he will give you some really interesting things to think about. And uh, he's he's great, man. He's been a terrific uh, asset. And a one, I love working with him. Well, Mitch, uh, the reason you get to be with us is, of course, your relationship with our friends here locally at Papa John's, the Shacaroni. Boy, there's a ton of pepperoni on that bad boy that uh, shows up on the <laughs> TV all the time. Uh, what's yeah. going on at Papa John's? And let's talk about the Donaldsons. Well, let's talk about JDRF here. It's interesting. I talked about Mark Andrews, the Pro Bowl tight end of the Ravens, uh, and it made me think of you guys because in working on the Ravens last night, I saw, I was reminded, he's a type 1 diabetic. Uh, Mark Andrews is a great NFL player and yet a type 1 diabetic. And it makes me think of what the Donaldsons do to help the Juvenile uh, Diabetes Research Foundation, a.k.a. JDRF. And they have got some special pizza uh, options right now and what the Donaldsons will do with those, uh, you got some special codes you got to follow, uh, but you can order pizzas, and then they will take a dollar of that order and give it to uh, and donate it to JDRF. So in essence, you're going to get a great pizza, but you're also going to help an incredible cause. But it's it's really the Donaldsons being benevolent, and yet making sure that uh, you get your taste buds taken care of. There's special codes. You can go to PapaJohns.com and check it out. But uh, this is JDRF time and, and a, a great cause. Indeed it is. The great stuff, Mitch. We will talk to you in a week's time. Thanks for popping on. As always, enjoy Baltimore. You got it, boys. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chief. You been to Baltimore? 
I never have. No. Fun city. Yeah. The Inner Harbor, pretty cool. There's a Hilton that actually, if you get one of the top floors, you can look right into Camden Yards. Oh, beautiful. No, it is. It's a fun city. Good, well, Obviously, great restaurants. And uh, saw Mitch's, or his heard his voice and both saw it with his new commercial with our friends at Grand Yeah, I saw that group. over the weekend, right? <laughs> that was good. Oh, Mitch was That's why he time. was in town in May. I think I was in Vegas. I was supposed to right. go over there. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him and Russ from Graphite, they, they did the commercial. Got a kick out of right. that one, too. I saw it on the weekend. Good stuff. 11.45, uh, Miller and Condon. Final few minutes on the other side of this uh, quick break. Uh, Murph and Andy, of course, uh, at 1 o'clock. The Fanatics at 3. Today is Wednesday. Hawks Central, Lysta Cowan Company. That comes your way at 6 o'clock here tonight. Miller and Condon back uh, after these messages on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.7. Week one may be over, but the season is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week number two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter if you win or lose. Free bets are great. I've taken advantage of them. Ken's taken advantage of them. And this is your opportunity right now for all new customers, $200 in free bets instantly when they bet a dollar on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. Makes it easy for you to deposit And what I like to do. Withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code KXNO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Very important. Use the promo code KXNO to get your $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older. Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent Estate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent Estate is foolproof, recession proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renters Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks, tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renters Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to RentersWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happiness. I'm for details. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. The Rookie Sports Cards in Clive gives you the best in the world of cards and signed memorabilia. Get into the collecting game with The Rookie for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey cards. From sets to individuals, signed jerseys and helmets. 
and their weekly bid board. Stop by The Rookie today, 9992 Swanson Boulevard in Clyde, to rip a pack of cards and have some fun. It's The Rookie Sports Cards in Clyde. X&O. Hawk going to roll out to his near side. Has a little bit of time. Clock ticking. A lot of black jerseys around him. Escapes. Houdini throws it. Intercepted. Picked off by the Jags. That is going to be down the near sideline. And that is going to be a touchdown for Centennial. JT Turner. The pick six. Jaguars get it done in our play of the day. Brought to you by CISN TV. Two games this week. It'll be Roosevelt. As they face off against Urbandale, I'll be on the call for that one. Also, Valley Waukee coming up on Friday night. Catch it all at CISN TV. Valley Waukee, is it lost any luster? Just a little bit yeah. here. Indeed. Hey, by the way, that Centennial, uh, good to have Jerry Pizzetti on yesterday. Really yeah. enjoyed that piece. Call from uh, Paul Yeager there, and it was great having Coach on. If you missed it, you can go back. Jaguar fans, Hawk fans, go back and hear Coach talk about breaking the mm. record. Now the record holder, and... It'll be a trip to the Dome again for them here in the regular season. They take on Cedar Falls on Friday night. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, we forgot to mention that uh, David Kaplan is brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, serving Iowa and Nebraska metro areas, beautiful stone veneer products. If you have a project and you need some help with that, they would be the people I would contact. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. That's the showroom. The website is Centurion Stone of Iowa.com, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Thank you for making it possible for us to have David Kaplan each and every week. Well, uh, you had a good day yesterday. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of day baseball games today. Do you have opinions? Well, I know you got opinions. Will you back <laughs> them up? So, uh, looking at the slate, still like any sport, I'm an underdog player. That's what I do. And looking at these favorites, and this is baseball, and especially baseball today, coupled with baseball in September. Some huge Isn't favorites. it fun, baseball in September? God. Minus 345 for the Dodgers tonight. Minus 230 for the White Sox tonight. Mm. Minus 220 for the Astros. 200 for the Braves. On and on and on. Some huge numbers out there. So I'm just going to play a minus 110. Going against my team. Let's go back to the Indians. Go back to the well. Got the split plus money in both games. So we made money on that. We'll do it again. Quantrill on the mound for the Indians. Minus 110 there. And I'm just I'm taking a small little gander here at Leicester and the Cardinals just because of how hot they are. Mm -hmm. Let's play. Let's play the cards. Let's play the streak. Plus 150, the Cardinals tonight. It'll be Leicester, as mentioned, against Miguel from the Mets. Kind of like that one, just how well the Cardinals continue to play. Well, they uh, wake up this morning, you Cardinal fans. I don't have to tell you that. You're aware of it. But the Cardinals right now find themselves in a wild card position. Good for them. Got uh, um, Padres, I want to say, are coming up. Is it this weekend? Yes. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good big series. I know that we're all football crazy for Claxons. Well, you'll be doing it because I'll be out of here. Yeah, that's right. Put me in charge, huh? You're in charge it's of the game, Commissioner Condon, and lining everybody up. Well, Murph and Andy, three hours, and they'll do a fine job with that. And then the Fanatics will follow them in here. Take you up until 6. Today is Wednesday. Hawk Central Radio, 6 until 7. Chad Leistakow and Friends at 6 o'clock tonight. Morning Rush kicks off another duty of local programming tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear us weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.